Hi, I am Henry Latham. This is Rob Hamblin, and this is all about the product, a bi-monthly chat and catch up about anything and everything product. Today, I'm not sure what we're going to talk about, but um, actually, I have a funny thing to start with. So how was Vilda Hanati yesterday? How was what? <laughs> so right, <laughs> funny story for you for <laughs> listening. So I went up, I was in Vilda Hanati yesterday as well. And I glanced left as I was like ordering my drink and saw you like deep in conversation. So I was like, oh, drop. And, but I was like, I'm going to order, just chat to my friend for five minutes and then go and say hi. And then by the time I went back, you just somehow got past me whilst sitting near the main entrance. Ah, sure. yeah. Did you guys want to like snuck around the side or something? Yeah, um, I actually, yeah, because um, I think I just went the way that I um, that I came in through the main entrance. No, no, I, was like, main, I can't believe I didn't see you there. That's the crazy. You, you'd have a like, main entrance and then there's like some chairs like along that main. Like, I was yeah. right there. So, which is why I was like super confused because I know 10 minutes after sitting down, I look around the corner to see if you're still there to come say hi. Yeah. So were you there to see the Overmorrow? Um, yeah, my uh, mate Felix, his, it's one of his friends. It's the yeah. guy with the sort of Jesus look. Oh, one. yeah, the one stroking the cactus. I didn't see the cactus. We were sort of behind on the side. But, uh, uh, no, he yeah, was no, part, no, of the, the, just part of the exhibition. Oh, right. No, no, anyway, yeah, it's nice, really nice. I, uh, yeah, and actually now I recall the name of the place because it's the, actually the first time I've been there. Oh, and um, it was actually yesterday rather spontaneous uh, that actually uh, my friend Florian invited me to go to that exhibition. And I've had a, a kind of funny old week this week. And he was like, oh, let's, let's go to this. I've got tickets. And we went and did lunch first. And I just thought, well, yeah, actually, just why not? Like, why not? This is all about kind of, you know, working for yourself and being able to kind yeah. of just do impromptu things. And, that's and I just feel like, yeah. yeah. Yeah, actually, it probably is. And um, for me, it was just like, yeah, actually, I had no real kind of preconception about even what it was, what it was about. So I kind of was a complete kind of tourist kind of like rocking up to this yeah. thing. No, it's really nice. And, so actually, that yeah. side of Berlin music scene that I do like, because the other side where like there is lots of good music, but there is one side where it's very like heavy and you go in. I used to enjoy the stuff, but not anymore. You know, you go in and it's like everyone is just like wide eyed, like off yeah. the rocker. Yeah, and if you're in that kind of vibe, like Henry's yeah. like 2016, like yeah, great. Like I'm, I'm all in, <laughs> but uh, not anymore. Um, no, it's nice. It's just like very nice, chilled beer garden, nice music. No, I mean, I had the same yeah, thing as nice. well because I mean, we, I, I, I sort of like, I'm feeling good about being healthy this week, and I'm on a bit of a roll. Like made some sales, had a successful sales call yesterday. Congratulations, but Felix. Yeah, thanks for that. Um, Felix, like, do you want to come to this thing? And I was like, you know what, this is. Exactly. It's summer. It's like 30 degrees. I've just done a sale. I need to go have a beer. That's and, cool. And We've had kind of similar stuff. weeks then, and, and like almost parallel weeks with regards to just kind of doing suddenly and spontaneously rather kind of changing our plans and being somewhere else. So, yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it's like we talked about, I think, in episode two around that topic of freedom equals discipline. Where it, So I think I always feel if you're disciplined with most of your day, then you... you you, know, you can reward yourself with flexibility. If you get the important yeah. stuff done, then, you know, it's, it's fine to go, go off at what four or five or whatever and, and, and relax for a bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's really nice. How come? So how was your? It was your, like an offsite. It's like my offsite for myself. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. I mean, it is important as well because I think, particularly when you're a solo founder, you need to have those moments of like zooming out, right? Thinking a bit more strategically, and a lot of that can come from just having. You know, I met a friend, new friend of a friend yesterday, just sort of explaining what you do. They ask a few questions and it just, I think it triggers some positive, yeah, some value there. Yeah, yeah cool. And the beer was good as well. <laughs> Sorry, my girlfriend was in the other room making background noise in the kitchen. She's making another entrance again, isn't she? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, sorry. Yeah, beer was good. Although, I was, you know, when you're like really thirsty, I had a non-alcoholic one to kick off. Yeah. And, it's uh, not the same. Was, no, it was lovely and cold though. And then the next yeah. one was just like room temperature pills. Yeah. It wasn't that fizzy. And I was like, oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> really warm. Like, I really want a cold pint. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. I wanted to say earlier that the um, the actual exhibition was was surprisingly kind of, I didn't, I had very low expectations. I, I, didn't, actually, I didn't even I, know there was an exhibition. <laughs> yeah, you should go and do it. It's very, it's kind of quite peculiar. That's probably one word of describing it. Oh, right. um, but it was, for me, it was kind of, I was kind of really curious to kind of see inside that building because I'd heard about this nightclub and yeah, they yeah. basically. Oh, it was in the main area as well. Yeah. Oh, I, I just yeah, saw like that like trans- bit at the back. Yeah, it's kind of, well, maybe actually, no, I think it was all on the kind of, it, as you look at where the bar is, it's that yeah. whole kind of like right-hand side of that kind of building, like you know, there's over several yeah, floors. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't in oh, the main right, part right, 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 behind. But I've never been there as a nightclub, so I, I don't really know the kind of the normal layout. But other than the fact that it was, we had a lot of bright lights in some rooms of what are, it's always funny when you see a nightclub during like normal lighting because yeah. you just think it's fucking grossy. I want to get out of here. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but well, the thing I wanted to say was for me yesterday was really about actually just being in that moment of just kind of just not really thinking about anything other than, you know, like what it is that I'm being presented with at this particular point mm. in time. And each room you were in for like between five and seven minutes with these very kind of weird kind of scenarios presented to oh, you. Interesting. And um, some of them were good, some of them were average, uh, some of them were kind of pretty kind of freaky, but it's almost like moving from each room was almost like a, how you would imagine like a dream state to be or a certain, yeah. or maybe not dream state, it wasn't a nightmare, but like certain scenarios that were, made you feel a little bit uncomfortable as well, but it yeah. meant that you had to be totally present with where you were. So it was really cool. I loved it for that, That's it was really cool. great. They did a similar thing at Factory, my just my sort of co-working space. If I think I think they call it the the innovators community for anyone that doesn't know Factory. They yes, yeah, so they gave us like headphones. You walk around and there's some art, and there was one. I I liked it. I'm not particularly an art person. But I like to sort of try and go. You know what is going on here? One yeah. was a, a packet of crisps in the wind. <laughs> I was like. I thought they were like making a point about like uh, transience and littering. (laughs) Yeah, littering. But I was just like, "Mm, still just sort of a packet of walkers (laughs) just floating around. But uh, have you seen? Try not um, to be judgmental and cynical about kind of stuff. Yeah. um, Have you have you seen a film called American Beauty? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like that whole carrier bag in the wind thing, isn't it? At the very oh, like, yeah, beginning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like how he captures that moment. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like there is something 
quite beautiful about it. It's just, um, I think you have to be in the right mindset, right, as well. And maybe not choose walkers. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't trigger me so much. Oh, I miss what do you miss walkers? There's a, there is yeah, a place, actually, that's a, a thing Irish here, pub that sells sort of many walkers. And I and cheese and onion as well. Two packets when I go there. You've been to those Blarneys, yeah. Yeah. Great pub. Yeah. Very dingy, but but good. Yeah. Answer. Maybe that's where we should have our next uh, podcast. <laughs> I mean, it's quiet before 7, 8 p.m. It's, it would actually be a good spot for it. Research purposes, Henry. Well, yeah. you know, Talk yeah. about that. I mean, sort of segueing into making it some way relevant to product. Like, that's really interesting. It's sort of customer experience. So it's like you... You can search if, if anyone is listening. If you, Blarney's, uh, just Google it on, and like Blarney's Berlin, B-L-A-R-N-E-Y-S. And you look at it, okay, the picture is just like neon green sign. It's like a bit dirty in 80s. And just a sort of like really nondescript door. You go in, it's like sort of Irish pub, but still a bit shit in 1970s, 80s. Like nothing's been updated for 30, 40 years. Yeah. But... The as well as having nice beers on tap, the guy that runs it is just like the nicest man ever, and he knows everyone's name. Like I, you know, say I used to live near there, so I used to go quite a lot. I haven't been there for six months at point. He'll still come over, like pat on the back, remember your drink from like a couple of months ago. That's amazing. Um, yeah, and he, you know, just seeing simple things like seeing when your drink's about to go, so just like wave over and be like, Do you want another one? That kind of stuff, which is the value of that is massive because I've definitely spent, I mean, I, I probably spend a fair bit anyway in there, but winter in Berlin, it's quite a good sort of session spot for a Saturday afternoon. But yeah, that kind of thing makes you so much nicer. Like I'll always leave a tip. Like, I'm always just like, I want to, you know, if there's an empty glass, I want to like help him out if he's walking past, yeah. which is also That's a know, very British thing as well though, isn't it? I think as well. I, know, I think it's just, you know, you know when someone's going beyond, you know, I don't know, the guy's yeah. not being paid for it, but it's his, I really like that with like waitering and, and bartending. It's like, there's a point where you go, this is a, you know, this is my craft and it's yeah. not just pouring a pint. Like it really is making sure everybody is having a pleasant afternoon or evening. Yeah. Which I think is really important. Conversely, um, to give you uh, the opposite, like Eurowings, you know, the sort of <laughs> version of Lufthansa, they cancelled yeah. our flight in Croatia like two years ago. It's like a work thing, but Rebecca was with me. Yeah. We're still chasing them up for the money. So you're going to it to the wow. party. It's like, I don't know, it's like 300 euros or something. It's nothing crazy. It's more about the we principle of it though, isn't it's it? 36 yeah. hours though, stuck in Zagreb's, like working from an airport hotel. Uh-huh. And those, I'm not going to say the word, but those F, Fers. Uh, yeah, basically, yeah, still holding back money, which is like fully um, under EU law is is ours. But it basically yeah. meant, because, I, you know, I would fly them quite often, like going around Germany or Europe. And now I'm just like, well, I'm never flying you guys again. So, yeah. you know, lost immediately like a couple of hundred euros per year in custom. Yeah. Which, um, is just bad business, right? This sort of bad customer support. But I think on the scale of things, this is actually really interesting because this... Um, this ties, I want to kind of give a little bit of an anecdote of um, like the Blue Ocean strategy. And I, I was actually um, talking with a vineyard friend of mine as well. And he kind of put a completely different perspective on this. So when I was studying the Blue Ocean um, uh, strategy in my DMBA, 
uh, one of the kind of the use cases that we were given was um, this um, this blue wine, uh, this entrepreneur that, that had done this kind of blue wine and he was like disrupting like massively like the wine market. Mm. And um, there was, you know, there was a lot of skepticism about like whether it was even called wine, uh, whether it was even any good, uh, like whether it should be called wine. <laughs> so many unanswered questions. Yeah, 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 exactly. But he'd found like this niche in the market as, you know, with, the, and actually I think he's now been included into um, the second um, edition of this Blue Ocean strategy book as a, kind of, as an edge case that's kind of like really oh, worked cool. using that strategy. And um, I was talking with my vineyard friend, John, in the south of France. He, I'll have to let him know that he's been mentioned now in my podcast. And he was actually, he had a really good point. He goes, well, he goes, if it tastes like shit, like it doesn't matter because yeah. if you, you only need to sell one bottle of shit wine and then somebody else is going to, it's such a unique product. People are going to go, oh, look at that unique bottle of wine. Because you don't have to like improve upon it or because there's enough people in the world that are curious to kind of just try and buy, you know, this shit wine. I mean, it's not shit wine, but it's just, you know, that, that was kind of John's words, but it doesn't matter about its reputation or whether it's any good. What? People would go, actually, I'll just take a punt on it. So, and yeah. that's exactly their business model is that they're not going for like this repeat uh, kind of sale. They're just yeah. going, yeah, do you know what? We've got this product that people are going to want to try out. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, like I mean, Eurowing thing. It's like, do you know what? There's enough people out there that they probably don't care that you're, um, you're not buying another flight from them, but there's enough people that want to travel from A to B and at that price point, probably the cheapest as well. So I, I, I do, you know what I think it is actually, I think with them, I think that is a really relevant point for some businesses, but I think with them, it's just not, you know, it's quite like modern looking at like analytics of customer. So for example, like uh, Southwest Airlines in southwest us they do sort of flexible flights they they're known for doing like fun differentiation differentiating things so like the yeah you know, the security announcement like it's always a bit funny and unique are they doing raps or something i saw on yeah, YouTube exactly. or they don't follow yeah. the script. exactly exactly um however they've actually quantified the value of that and it's so so per cust so of every customer that goes on a flight with a sort of quirky security announcement they tend to book half a flight extra per year uh, as opposed to the, the um, control group, right? People that just get the boring announcement. Yeah. They've actually gone, okay, there's real value in ju just that fun thing. So obviously then if you build a culture around customers and make customer support high level and you start also quantifying that. So you have data to show uh, you know, this is, you know, first of all, it's more fun for you guys to work in this environment. But secondly, there's loads of business value there. Yeah. then um, it, it works. But I think my point is, is that when there are incentives and a more mature culture, then you get that kind of behavior. I think ultimately what many companies do, particularly in red oceans, like just sort of standard cheap European airlines, is yeah. they pay their customers support, fuck all. They, um, you know, they don't give them any incentives apart from just like save us loads of money and close yeah. you know, customer complaint tickets as quickly as possible. Um, so it just, I think it just, in, all the incentives are not there and they, they just trigger bad behavior. So uh, yeah, yeah, or, or 
they, they, they even do other yeah. things. Yeah, like they, they also do other things like actually just almost um, not really treating the customer as the main priority by overbooking flights, for example, knowing that they're going to automatically fuck a number of people off per flight. Yeah. And yeah. they have to recompensate them and in, in a way that it's done really badly anyway. So it's almost just like just treating like the passengers like cattle, basically. And I yeah, think that's yeah. actually probably what you've experienced as well. So Yeah, exactly. I did feel like cattle. Yeah, I was, oh my god, this is like been to didn't want to go to nightclub, but sort of had to because our friend took us out. Went to like nightclub till two, and then I think we finally were like, okay, we've done an hour. Yeah, we can go. Wasn't that like one of your Brazilian nights? No, this is a Croatian, you know, triple X, where it's sort of like <laughs> yeah. loud electronic music yeah. and loads of people yeah. sort of standing around looking serious. That yeah. kind of vibe, and I was like, oh my god, I really want to go home. Got home to up at five, no, four, no, I think it was like five for 7 a.m. flight Sunday morning. Get there, there's like a 200 person queue. There were no places. So after a two, three hour queue, we then got a flight like two days later. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, just went to an airport hotel. And uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So and then drove so up over two days. Couldn't <laughs> check in until uh, 2 p.m. So had about yeah. six hours to sort of go back into Zagreb again. Anyway, um, no, but I think back to your point on, because I think this is the differentiation is like a super important point. I, I ultimately say to your mate's point, yes, the blue wine can taste crap for a while, but at some point, somebody else is going to come into the market. I think ultimately, it, it has to be a good product. Everything always has to be a good product to have long-term success. Yeah, yeah, it's demonstrated by companies like South in an in a market where airlines are generally like losing money or losing market share. Like Southwest is one that is gaining because they have such strong customer support. Their point of differentiation is not having, you know, blue planes. It's just like excellent customer service. Yeah. And that's what sort of really stands them out from the crowd. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's really, and going back to your, your barman as well in the Irish bar, like he's, onto like a golden ticket there because people will just want to go back and i think as well especially being in berlin where i mean i i have to say mostly customer service is okay and um, i've heard horror stories about customer service being non-existent <laughs> and pretty brutal but i think in berlin especially like people will want to go there because people get treated differently and treated yeah, nicely and i think he, yeah. he's now just he's he's almost like part of the furniture like people want to go you see that you know to look at retention i mean every time we get in there it's the same it's also young guys it's not like your old drunk people yeah generally like young people that know him by name as every time again it's like so it's like 30 person capacity. There's at least 10 regulars. Yeah, that's great. Which is a very good sign, I think, for a small part. Yeah. No, exactly. And their point of differentiation is like, this is like a nice, cozy, friendly experience in Berlin, which is generally quite rare to find that. Yeah. But it's like, do you find um, like, your, like your local coffee shop, for example, if you go to your local coffee shop, do they kind of remember what you order? And because I have that with my one around the corner here and I go in and like there have been times, especially during COVID, like we'd be queuing up outside 
and the guys would just be giving me a nod going like cappuccino large it's like yeah great so they'd almost have mine ready yeah, yeah. like like while i'm three people deep in a queue and it's just things like that are also really nice and you know during the covid times as well i wanted to support them and make sure that they you know i was going and buying a coffee every day while i was walking fudge making sure that i didn't want this coffee shop to close down because they're so nice yeah and then they're also doing reciprocating that in a way that's like making you want to go back every day because it's like they treat you like a, like a valued customer. Almost. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And also, I mean, again, I think really important point that we teach in the prod MBA is differentiation. Yes, it is about being different, but it's also about relevance. So it has to be relevant. The, the yeah. point is, is like, you know, you, you, you could have like a, you know, let's say a cafe and you paint everything blue and it's like, oh, wow, this is quite unique and quirky. But you don't need to always do something that's so obvious. You, you can just pick, you know, we're just going to be like really, really good at customer service. And that's the thing yeah. that we're really going to nail. I think even as an early stage startup, you can do that quite effectively. Yeah. Anyway, plans exactly. for the weekend? Or? That's my mantra. Um, plans for the weekend. So actually, it's a weird week. So we actually sold our house um, on Wednesday. So well, it's finally fun. happened. Yeah. So um, it kind of feels like a very odd kind of week. Like both Lisa and I are like, wow, it's like, that's that then now. It's been like this ongoing thing now for like, it felt like a year at least with these mm. current buyers. And uh, to, so to suddenly have it all finished feels a little bit kind of surreal and kind of hasn't really fully sunk in yet, I don't think. Um, so weekend wise, we have our furniture, or the, uh, I say furniture, like our, the rest of our belongings that wouldn't fit into our apartment here in Berlin coming up from France on Saturday. So we have a, we have some kind of lifting into our storage room. And then we just have a, like an after, uh, like a weekend of just relaxing, I think. So we'll probably head back to Vansy like we did last weekend on the Sunday, which is super, super nice and relaxing. So yeah, probably not much really of anything. What about, what about you? Yeah, nothing too exciting. I think my dad's coming Saturday cool. tomorrow cool. Um, for the weekend. He's dro he drove down to Italy and then up to Germany. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, that's so really a bit of wandering around. Um, I'm going to do a morning swim on Sunday morning. Cool. So Where are you going to do that? Swim by the lake. Uh, yeah. There's, you know, Treptow. Yeah. Near ours, there is this, this like hidden lake behind the Soviet memorial. It's actually quite a nice swimming spot. Yeah, yeah, I know. You can swim in there, yeah? I mean, yeah, I know the Germans love getting thing. into Yeah. Yeah, yeah. A lot, lot of nudists there as well, which is quite funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a log. I had English friends last week visiting. And I'm like, why are there so many naked people? It's Germany. Yeah. The they should go to, um, you should take your, your tourist um, English visitors to, um, to, um, Tea garden as well. Oh my god, yeah. No, I discovered that one about week two when I moved here, just like cycling along. Oh, this is really nice. And then so it opens up from forest yeah. into this glade, and there's just about a hundred naked people. Yeah, they're so normally met as well. Like I remember when we we did it as well, like two weeks in. And actually, do you know what? It was probably even late. Uh, mid to late April, so maybe it was just warming up, and we weren't expecting it at all. And like we cycled through, and I had Alice and Beth with us, and like so they would have been Alice would have been, yeah, Alice was like would have been like fourteen, and Beth would have been seventeen, I guess sixteen, seventeen, and we cycled through, got to the other end, and like Lisa goes, did you just like did you see that? I was like, 
no, I was just cycling. She's like, all those naked people, like all those naked <laughs> men. And Alice is like deeply disturbed. She's like, I can't believe you cycled us with this park. That's not what I wanted to see. I'm mentally uh, scarred. It's <laughs> quite funny. It's I hadn't even noticed. It's so funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, okay. So yeah, right. What can we, what product things can we talk about this week? Then? No, I mean, I think coming back to that point at the beginning, I think it's a really, it's a really hard one as a solo fan. Like where do you place boundaries on when do you say I've had a good day in terms of, you know, cause I think it's not about externalities. You can't control, I mean, you can to an extent, but you can't, you know, you can't control the outcome of, you know, let's say sales calls or yeah, I say some piece of product work. Um, so you need to, there's sort of always this balance that I find of, you need to define, okay, what's important to get done today. Once you do that, then regardless of the outcome, you know, go and relax, right? Take some time off. For me, that is, you know, playing football, having a beer or whatever at the weekend. Um, but I think there is this, I think it's shifting and it doesn't exist so much in particularly Germany and not so much in the UK. Sorry, there's a ambulance going past, which are really, really loud in Germany. Yeah, yeah. I think it's because we all live in apartments and our windows are always open. So yeah, yeah. Um, sorry. Point was, yeah. The, you know, there's always this culture of sort of bigging up the like you know work sixteen hour days and hard work equals positive outcomes, which I think is just actually very rarely the case. I think particularly yeah. in product work where it is very strategic and thoughtful. You know, if you particularly if you're building digital products, a lot of actually the key things these very subtle small things like you know the wording next to a button the wording of a button maybe some sort of tr transition that kind of thing and i you know i feel if you're rushing around you fail to miss sorry you miss these nuances and you you fail to zoom out a lot so i think yeah. it's a, yeah like a, actually quite a weapon to take time off and force yourself to take time off yeah and actually i think you're right as well i mean i've i consciously took a, a very easy week this week i mean i've still been working um, but I, uh, things I needed to do, and I think this is kind of a byproduct of me just being kind of like full steam for like a few weeks, mm. uh, months even. And I just went, yeah, do you know what? I'm going to, there were, there were things that happened, which meant actually, do you know what? I can like take it easy this week. So I don't have as many kind of calls mm. or as many commitments. So I just figured, well, I'm going to still work, but I, it means I can kind of do like kind of my pace. So what was super interesting was that actually when it is completely down to my control, I, I have a very, really, like a really nice work-life balance. And it's kind of taught yeah. me that, um, yeah, there's, I don't have to be kind of so reactive to some things all the time. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, when we, we engage with clients and this client that I'm engaged with, like, you know, kind of part-time, full-time, if that makes sense, you know, there's obviously commitments that we have to have and we have to uphold. Uh, but it just means that this week is a slightly easier week. So, yeah, and it's, I've really actually enjoyed just kind of just taking a step back and um and just kind of enjoying kind of like it's given me more mind space with regards to like how I, I can even come up with ideas like you were saying like you can just take a step back mm -hmm. and really think about the little things that really kind of matter and uh, without kind of having this kind of like crazy kind of pace that you're kind of you know yeah, working yeah. each day it's and always, uh, i think a marathon not a sprint as somebody, exactly somebody once said i'm not sure who <laughs> 
<laughs> and, and to go back to your question, like with, as in what determines whether it's like a good day or not, I think for me, like whether I'm busy or whether I'm having a week like this week, which is a luxury week, I have a kind of set mind. I, in my mind, I have a set of deliverables that I want to be able to accomplish each day. Mm-hmm. And I think when I don't do that, that's when I don't think I've had a good day because I always yeah. feel like, ah, oh, where yeah. did the day go? Yeah, yeah. that like fuzzy, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not quite sure it's wrong, but I don't know what I've done. You know, you yeah. feel, yeah, you just feel a bit all over the place. Yeah. Whereas when you've done them and you can go, actually, yeah, I've, I've, I've set out and achieved everything that I wanted to do today. Yeah. That makes it like a good day as well. Yeah, no, a good prioritized to do list. It's so easy and it's such an impactful thing. It literally yeah. is, I'll do define like what's the one thing that would make today a success. Yeah. So I'll define that. So you have to, you write it out to so have to think about it a bit, then put that top of the to do list, then do my to do list below. I generally, I'll separate what I like, say there's three or four things that I really want to get done three yeah. life and you know, admin kind of things like go to the shops or whatever. Um, and then if you do that, you know, if I get the core things done, then that's, that's been a really good day. That's cool. right to do it. I, I also have had a really good week this week because um, Ballant and I have worked on uh, like a freebie that we're giving away from leap. Mm-hmm. And um, it's something that I've actually had in mind for a, a, at least two and a half years to actually have something like this. Uh, so now with regards to kind of owning leap and kind of being responsible to kind of give our, our clients and our, and our customers and our fans like something back. Mm-hmm. And that something is actually turning out to be um, a really, really powerful tool. And it's basically a toolkit for Figma. So that when, uh, if, you're, if you're starting a sprint, for example, when it comes to prototyping, basically this Figma toolkit will give you like a, a series of templates in, for, in order for you to get started with your prototype. So we'll load yeah. it with primers, for example, like, you know, uh, they could be um, uh, messaging apps, they could be uh, news feeds, they could be articles or whatever. And then as you kind of build, I mean, obviously we're not going to be able to build every product for everybody, mm. but we can give some really, really great templates so that it can really help you get started. And it's just, a, it's that kind of whole um enabler to kind of execute much much faster and there's still going to be a a, like a a customization piece that each you know each designer would probably you know have to include when they do a sprint themselves but it just means that they're kind of getting started not from like a a zero but from more like an accelerator like generating inbound leads as well yeah so this is also yeah also what i'm testing and actually i can't own the kind of idea because i was kind of brainstorming with Bannon a little bit like how we could um how we could kind of capture some some uh, some contacts who are using this and we're already going to ask for like so we've asked for um we announced it on instagram this week that if you get in touch with us now with your email you'll have like the early version of it available to you before we announce it on the website it's still going to all be free and then Ballant had this really nice idea about well, why don't you why don't we do two versions of it there's a free version that is like the basic and then there's a free version that is more like pro and if in order to get the pro one you would have to kind of submit your email address so that there's a way of helping everybody and it was just such a nice kind of like offering i was i just said to him like that was really smart 
and uh, we still hits my objective of, of free content for everybody but it just means that you know if you want to get a little bit more out for it then uh, we want to also see who's kind of using the the toolkit as well yeah. but i think off the back of that not maybe not even just for like cold inbounds but it could also be that we can reach out to them and just say okay like you're using the template as a pro um what is it that you're really needing does it meet your requirements as a way of kind of giving them like a better uh, yeah, engagement as well. I mean, actually our funnel is it's interestingly been so the funnel is essentially like outreach on linkedin or awareness on linkedin come through to the website add your email then you you see as a video which tries to prime yeah. you to, to take action to book a call or download yeah. bro, the brochure but actually i from what i've seen almost all of our calls are booked through the email series so it's like as soon as you sign up you get an email with the brochure with the call to action to book a call uh, yeah. One hour later, 24 hours later, and then we do a sort of mini series over three, four days. Yeah. That's been really effective, uh, so which is why now I'm sort of quite focused on email, email generation from quality leads, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, you yeah. Know, 10, uh, that 10 makes leads sense. are our, our target customer rather than 100 of just random people. So I was yeah. doing stuff like, you know, I got a pretty big medium following. I'm on a few publications on there, so I can get a few thousand reads of an article. But ultimately, unless they are hyper relative, sorry, hyper relevant, yeah. then it's not you know it's a waste yeah. of time essentially. Um, well, at least in terms of our objective of, of generating sales, so we're yeah. just being super focused now on like reach out to the right person, like frustrated product managers, product owners, get them through to website, get their email, and then and get them into the sales funnel essentially. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, and I think um, let's, yeah, kind of curious to kind of see how that how that goes, how that plays out in a couple of months, two or three months yeah, time, yeah. and see how it's. It was a really good point that a lot of top marketers always point, it always says, you know, email is one thing that's never going away. You TikTok, Snapchat, Facebook, all these things do shift and start to drop yeah. off. I think if you have your email, the other thing is as long as it's not cold outreach. Yeah, your engagement is generally quite high. Yeah. You know, we're getting like thirty to forty percent open rate, uh, which is good. Which is good uh, for our industry and way better than let's say an, you know an impression on Facebook if yeah. you see it in your newsfeed. Yeah, I had a cold yeah. outreach to the um this week and it really put me off them. And I even asked them, yeah, like, yeah, I just, I'm them like junk mail that shit. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, how did you even get this email? And it's like, oh yeah, we've seen your profile on LinkedIn. It's like, well, you wouldn't be using this email address if that's the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, it's yeah, quite, quite them out. Yeah, yeah, it's a funny one with sales as well. Because I mean, we do our outreach like this is essentially add people on LinkedIn, not not direct sell them. So ultimately, yeah. it's a long game, which is add them, um, post quality content every day. Yeah, and then follow up. Let's say a month later with some sort of free offering. So at the moment we're doing a webinar next week on Tuesday. So um, just saying, hey guys, uh, here's a webinar. Here's the value proposition, which generally we get really good reactions. Say, you know, I'm messaging like say 50 people a day. We get 10 conversations from that, or 10 like, hey, thanks. Yeah. Uh, so I think ultimately it's you know if you are delivering value to somebody who it's relevant for, then it's then it's okay in my book. I think if you're yeah. pestering people with like, do you, you know, I get loads of stuff like, do you want outsourced app development? It's like, we don't even have any digital yeah. product. There's a, a basic website. It's yeah. Like you have just completely burned that bridge forever. 
<laughs> I get asked if I want any design uh, capacity. Um, I was like, have you not seen what my company actually is? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's really exactly. bad. It's like, it's like do your basic, homework, guys. Yeah. Basics, basics, basics. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to have to shoot off, actually. I've got a sales call in 20 minutes. I need to do a bit of prep for. No worries. It was a nice little natter this week. It was cool. Hopefully our followers and listeners <laughs> hope, got something out of it. Yeah, that was a bit <laughs> in the middle. I think that was a good five, 10 minutes. It was uh, hopefully useful. But um, yeah, let's. Uh, I'm away next week. But week after, we should do... Let's. You know, I think we stick to doing recording from home and then we can yeah. meet up. We can, uh, shall I put something in the diary? We could grab a beer. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's do put it in a diary. And then we can always meet up for a beer and kind of talk off topic about things that maybe we want to talk about in up and coming podcasts yeah, as exactly, well. So, exactly. And um, for maybe our, our very few followers that we have on, um, in, actually that are listening to the podcast, maybe give us a, a little thumbs up and, and give us the review as well. Maybe that would be great. Yeah, that is true. Yes, please give us, give us reviews so we can uh, start climbing up the list. Uh, I did. I didn't <laughs> tag Ron. Um, anyway, yeah, that would be helpful. Uh, excellent. I send an invite. I'll send an invite anyway for Thursday twentieth. We can sort of catch up then. Yeah, perfect. Nice one. Thanks also, everybody for listening. Have a good weekend, and we will see you in a couple of weeks. Bye bye, everybody. Bye, guys.